It's the Bengals Nation podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Bengals Nation host Jed Demusi with Local12.com digital sports columnist and editor Richard Skinner. Welcome into the Bengals okay. Nation podcast, Jed Demusi, and a guy with more juice than aisle 22 at Kroger, Richard Skinner, joining us. You told me you were going to bring it this week, didn't you? I'm going to bring the juice because that seems to be the key word that, that Ryan Finley, Ryan Finley, I believe, used the word juice, bringing the juice at least a half a dozen times in his press conference if today, right? If you're having a get-together, Ryan... He's bringing the juice. He's bringing the, He's juice. Bringing the juice. He's not going to bring anything else. When you're having him over for Thanksgiving... There's going to be no main dish, no casserole, no pumpkin pie. There will be juice. Except after you brush your teeth, maybe not. <laughs> maybe he doesn't bring the juice. But other than that, Ryan, Ryan Finley is bringing the juice as uh, we are staring down the barrel of an 0-9 season on the precipice of tying the worst start in franchise history with another loss would tie the uh, 1993 0-10 Bengals. Um, the Ravens game got away from them very quickly. And to Zach Taylor's credit, he he's not backing away from anything. He's not sugarcoating anything. He made the statement today saying we wanted to come out after the bye week and start the season fresh, and we're now 0-1. We can't do anything about the last nine games. It's, it's behind us. It's over. Um, we can start with Oakland, and, you know, and, and we talked about starting over after the bye. So we're 0-1. Own that one, and now we got to continue to get better. So the errors we made last week that allowed the game to get away from us don't make the same mistakes twice. And so that's what we're looking at: is which players are just making their improvement to help us get this first win. And um, I, I'm I've been encouraged from what I've seen from from the guys. There's really nothing that that he's running away from, but there's just a lot this team isn't doing well. Yeah, I mean that, that's the thing. I mean he's doing what he's he can do, especially in, in putting a public face on it to make sure that at least there's a new message for his team. Because let's face it, as old as it feels for you and me and the fan base, it's hard for them too. I mean they don't want to be 0-9. I mean I know we, we can all poke fun at it, I'm the first one to do it, but um, they don't want to be 0-9 either, so they have to find some level of motivation. You can argue, yeah, you get a paycheck, so that should motivate you enough, but that's not always the case. I think most people who are in, in athletics, especially playing it at that level, are competitive to the point of, look, the check is really nice, and that's what I'm doing for a living, but I'm also a competitor. I want to win. I want to win games. I don't want to be a part of a losing team. So um, I, I, I think you see them still trying to find whatever message they can cling to each and every week, but if at some point, though, Jed, you do get to the point where you, you run out of things to cling to, right? And you're getting closer and closer to that. Zach Taylor saying today that uh, the intent on cutting – Preston Brown, the linebacker, was not to send a message, but he did say that in so many words that if there was a message to be sent, it's that... Some of the, the things that keep happening during games, you just felt like you got to change it up. And, and whether that's called sending a message or not, I don't care. We're just trying to find a win and we're trying to find some consistency there, you know, in the middle of that defense. And um, so that's, that's what led to the decision. He needed to shake up the linebacker room, and he mentioned that, that something's got to change with, with this position group. And, and when you look at the linebackers, and there's, a, I'm sure, a lot of other positions you could look at, there's some, something's got to give here, and, and somebody's got to show up. Yeah, Preston was a good middle linebacker in 1989. I mean, that, that's what he was. He was a run-stopping middle linebacker in a 4-3 defense. Well, anymore, those guys are, are really not around. Um, you have to be athletic to play that position. Uh, you can get away with it maybe if you think you're going to sell out and stop the run on first down and you're able to do that. But, uh, I mean, he's, he's a kind of a dinosaur in this game. That's unfortunate for him that he's come along at a time when you're seeing 
I mean, what team doesn't really run three wide receiver sets? You know, maybe San Francisco, they're, they're eye formation on occasion, but how, how often do we see teams line up in the eye with a fullback, with a tight end, and it's usually three wides, and so you're going to have nickel people in there, and he, he just, again, he just kind of is antiquated in, in, in his role and just not athletic enough. And I think you saw perfect evidence of that on Sunday when he was trying to cover Mark Andrews down the seam, and it was just unfair. Mark Andrews beat him like he was a statue and you know, threw a touchdown pass. Uh, Lamar did, the wide-open receiver. And, and I think it just gets to the point where when you start evaluating this, give some other guys snaps, even if it's not the right thing to do, even if the, those guys aren't good either. I think it's just time to do that. And, and I think along with it, I think there is something of a message sent um, that, listen, Preston Brown's a great guy, and he's really good in this locker room, and he's a leader in this locker room, and he does a lot of, a lot of quality things, but his performance level stinks. And so we're evaluating him on the performance level. Goodbye. Maybe that does wake some people up. If that was not the intended consequence, I think it's at least a part of it. Is there something that the Bengals? This is this going to sound really bad, but when other when you're when you're an opposing coach and you're looking at this Bengals defense, is there anything that prevents you from completely licking your chops at this point? No, I, I would have said <laughs> early in the year. I would have said, hopefully, our guys up front can block the four across from them, the four linemen, and we don't have to chip, and we don't have to keep a back in all the time, and we don't have to keep a tight end in to help. Well, you don't, um, and teams are doing literally anything they want. You want to throw it deep? Throw it deep on the first play of the game. Um, I heard, from what we understand, it was a busted coverage. It doesn't matter. That stuff can't happen. It was a miscommunication. We're nine games in. That stuff can't happen, but it happens. Um, do you want to you want to run a stretch play? Run a stretch play. You want to line up in the eye and come downhill and run downhill. Come down and come and run downhill. You want to have your quarterback get on the perimeter on bootlegs. Their linebackers are already trying to catch up, already, and now they're you know on, on roller skates. Um, no, I think I think it, the playbook's open for all these teams that have played them. I think you've seen it. Really, the only thing that's prevented teams from not consistently scoring literally in the mid 30s in points is the Bengals red zone defense is actually actually going into last week was the best in the NFL right. think if that wasn't the right case. yeah I mean they're, they're on historic pace numbers wise um, for giving up yards again and this is the second straight year and yeah I know everybody's gonna point to the coordinator right it's the easy thing to do point to the coordinator it's not point to the coordinator I mean it's the same guys we're, we, we're on third coordinator now in the last what go back to the last year's last seven last basically full season last 16 right. games Three coordinators in 16 games. Uh, it's not the coordinators. It's the personnel. So I think the one thing that this year has proven is you, you best address about three, four, or five positions on that defense next year. Poked a little fun at, at Ryan Finley with his uh, constant use of the word juice. I thought we played with some juice, and I thought we had some good drives. Just having juice and energy. You know, these, these walkthroughs and these practices, you know, we got we to gotta have some juice, and that's how you get better. First start in the NFL, obviously some glaring uh, mistakes with the pick six and the, uh, you know, the I, don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know the sack fumble. I, I mean, I don't know who would have been able to protect right. that football with how quickly <laughs> they got there. Right, and the guy belted him. Uh, you know, sort of outside of, of those two things, did he, did you see a little you know what I saw for optimism there? I saw Jeff Driscoll. I mean, that's what I saw. I saw a guy that, in a pinch, can he get you a couple starts and, and at least – not do a lot of negative things. And, yeah, that sounds weird because he did do two negatives, right? He threw the pick six in the, in the second right. ball. Pick six, he got he got baited by a veteran cornerback and doesn't quite have the arm to make that throw. And you're right, the sack fumble, that guy was on him so fast that I don't know any quarterback that could have put that football away and protected it. So i got to give him a pass for that. Uh, he, he, he did buy some time, right? He did, did some things in the pocket moving around. And he also is, much like Andy Dalton was, he's limited in the personnel on offense. He doesn't have A.J. Green. He doesn't have John Ross. Um, 
who takes the top off the defense. There's nobody. And you saw a similar thing. And plus, they don't want him to drop back seven steps, although I guess you don't because you're in the gun, but you know what I'm saying. You don't want to take that full drop back multiple times in the game because you still don't know if that line can protect. Now, the line did some good things, but they're still trying to get it out of his hand as quickly as possible. Make a quick read. Get it out of your hand. You don't get it. Scramble around by sometimes. Try to make a play on the run. So it's not really a, a traditional offense. I think that's why you saw Joe Mixon got 30 carries because even in a blowout in the fourth quarter, they didn't want to expose Ryan Finley to dropping back and getting hit five, six, seven, eight, nine times. And while I don't agree with the running of Joe Mixon 30 times, I do agree with what they did in, in trying to just kind of limit the damage at that point. Um, so, no, I, I, I am looking forward to seeing if he can build on this a little bit to the point where you can go, okay, that's a capable quarterback in this league. He's not going to... He's not going to be a full-fledged starter. I just don't think he has a skill set to be that. I think he believes he's got that. He's got some arrogance to him. But I think if he can show over the next few weeks that he's a capable backup, I think that, that that's all I can ask for. I want to bring something up that kind of got me. Um, and kind of, I, We're taping this after Zach Taylor's press conference, so it's fresh in my mind. There was a question he was asked about Colin Kaepernick. Kaepernick is having a, a showcase this weekend, and – um, I'm not sure if the NFL was the ones who sent it out saying I, where yeah, it came I, from. I, I think his, his people. agent, his people, I think, yeah. Um, but he is having, make a long story, he is having a showcase this weekend. It, it's unclear how many NFL teams are going. I don't think every NFL team is going. I think this organization is going. But go to your question because it, 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 was, it was interesting. His remark was, I don't know where our scouts are every weekend our personnel staff does a great job evaluating everyone that's that's on the wire and available to us and and uh you know i, I often don't talk to our scouts every week to see where they're going on saturdays and sundays because they go out there to college games and evaluate guys and i trust that we'll form an educated opinion on all the guys that are available he was able to to sort of circle back and he said i'm not really interested in telling you where our scouts are going every weekend i'd prefer not to announce where all our scouts are going all the time but um I feel good about the information we'll gather on any workout. This is a team, and we've talked about this, and you've you've certainly addressed this on, on Local12.com and, and talked about it at great length, that nobody really has a handle on who's making the call with this organization. And when the head coach is at his weekly media availability and he says that he's not sure where his scouts are, I don't talk to the scouts, I'm not sure where they are every weekend, that's a concerning thing if I'm I, a fan of this team. I, no? No, only because I, I do think that falls under the purview of Duke Tobin. So hopefully you would think that he talks to Duke Tobin at least somewhat regularly. And that's Duke's job to kind of send whatever. I mean, it's not a big scouting department to begin with, right? I mean, you sure. don't have a whole lot. So it's not like they're, they're covering the country with 50 different guys at 50 different games. Um, but it was almost like he didn't want to answer whether this team was interested in Colin Kaepernick. I think that, that's the thing I took away from this. Well, I, I, and and, I, and I don't think that he did, but I think what came, uh, to me what stood out was just sort of, sort of a disconnect between the head coach and the front office more so. I mean, if, this, if they're not going to evaluate Colin Kaepernick, so be it. But the disconnect between the yeah, front office I, I and the head coach yeah. is, is a little more concerning to me. Yeah, I, I, I don't think he does know that if, if Scout A is at Mississippi State this week or Scout Z is out at New Mexico State, although I don't think any scout would be out at New Mexico State, but you know what I'm saying. I don't think he knows that. I'm guessing there was some conversation about Colin today and, and whether you're going to go evaluate that, and I think that probably would come from Duke Tobin. Um, and I think the thing for him is if he answers, yeah, we'd be interested, we're at least interested. In, he did say we're at least interested in evaluating, and, and that's just doing your due diligence. Whether they do it or not is another thing. But um, 
And, and I, I, I think, think he made more to... of a I think he made more of a blanket statement yes. saying we are interested in evaluating yeah. anyone who's available. Yes. Because I, I don't think you can come out if you're him and say, "Yep, we're going to go look at him." And boy, if we're interested, you know, we we, we may try to sign him. Because then you're trying to you're trying to get Ryan Finley up to speed. I mean, in in a perfect world, Ryan Finley is going to be your starting quarterback moving forward, right? It, it's it's not going to work out that way. But so, what message do you then send to him? The other part is his skill set isn't what this offense is designed to be. This is supposed to be a eleven personnel, three wide receiver offense, spread the ball around in the passing game, power running game. It doesn't feature a, a read option quarterback, and Colin is more than that. I mean, I think he got pigeonholed as that, but that's his main. He's, he's he was Lamar Jackson before there was Lamar Jackson. I mean, kind of a similar thing. Questions of whether he could throw it, but I would invite people to go look. His career passer rating is actually pretty darn good. Um, might even be just under under Andy's, just a tick. I mean, they're, they're almost right together. And Andy, going into this year, was the 20th best in NFL history for passer rating. So he's in that that territory. Um, but I think there's a lot of things there. A, I mean. He's been away from football for a while. You're not telling your offense. But at the same time, I think what he said is, yeah, we'll evaluate. And I, I think that's I, – I get that. I think he's in a tough spot. I was kind of glad the question came up um, just because it is interesting. I know one of the – I get an uh, email daily, it feels like, from uh, the Bovada people um, who send me odds on different things. Believe it or not, the Bengals were the favorite to land Colin Kaepernick. I just got that literally five minutes ago, and I laughed out loud at it. So – um, obviously, it feels like there's something there. There was a report, what, three years ago, which a bunch of us in the media shot down of the Bengals were on the verge of signing Colin Kaepernick and moving on from Andy Dalton. Well, that was never the case. I mean, that, 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 for many, many reasons. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's interesting to, to see, no doubt. I think it, uh, he could have maybe sidestepped that a yeah. little more deftly than Yeah, I agree with that. I, I, think it took him by, I think the question took him by surprise. Okay. Probably shouldn't have, but it did. When we come back, we'll talk Oakland and maybe – the Paul Gunther Revenge Game. <laughs> and now what you can expect on Bengals Nation at 1130 on Saturday night. This week I was keeping it 100 with Bengals offensive lineman Michael Jordan, who's from the Cincinnati area and was happy to be drafted by the Bengals. You no, know, I was thankful, number one. But also I was really excited because, you know, coming from Cincinnati, this is every kid's here dream. And, you know, I thank God giving me the opportunity to be here. More from Michael Jordan on the show. The video games he likes to play, and some of them are pretty old school. So CJ Uzama was doing a diary for us, and then Alex Erickson tried to help. And now it's just hard for them to sort of get it started. Welcome to CJ and Alex is Alex's diary. I'm going to switch actually right now. Or should it be? This is my good side. Or should it be? This is my good side. Alex and nah, CJ's. It's going C, we're going CJ and Alex's. Alex's I'm just trying to better. see what sounds better. More from CJ and Alex's diary or Alex and CJ's diary coming up Saturday night at 1130. All right, we're back with Richard Skinner. Uh, Oakland on deck, 425 start. You can see the game on Local 12. This is a uh, offense that has uh, really been tailored in the past few weeks around Josh Jacobs, the rookie running back out of Alabama. This, um, if you watched on Wednesday, our uh, Bengals breakdown with Dave Lapham, this is an offense that sort of likes to line up and punch you in the mouth in terms of what they do up front. And they uh, don't turn the ball over. And they don't turn the ball over, and they're really good on third down. Um, 
what, what do you make out of this Oakland team this year? Yeah, I mean, if you look at their wide receivers, I mean, Hunter Renfro is one of their best guys, and he was a late late pick. I mean, they really don't have anybody on the outside. They had Antonio Brown, and obviously that's sure. you know how that worked yeah. out. I mean, their best offensive weapons are the tight end Darren Waller, who's got 55 for almost 600 yards, leads them in both categories, and the guy you mentioned, Josh Jacobs. I think part of the reason they are good on third down is because of those things. They're able to run it, get some stuff to the tight end. They're able to have a lot of third and manageables. Um, they're in the playoff race. It's it's crazy to think the last team the Bengals have beaten in the last 17 games was the Oakland Raiders in the third to last game last year, and here they are, you know, one basically less than a year later, right in the mix of the playoffs. So um, I'll go Oakland big, 31-13. I, this team's not going on the road and making this close. I, I didn't even have to bother to ask you for a prediction. There you go. All right, that will do it this week for uh, Bengals Nation. Once again, you can catch all of Richard Skinner's work on our website, local12.com, and be sure to watch uh, Bengals and Raiders 425 on Local 12, and we'll get Skinny's reaction from the, uh, they still call that the black hole out in Oakland? It is the black hole. It's like first ring circus coliseum it's got a weird name to it now it's no longer the odot comb or whatever the heck it was we'll get skinny's take uh, from whatever that stadium is sunday night on the sports authority